It is a Monday. This is Blair and Barker. My Toronto Blue Jays coming off a three-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox, outscoring them 40-10. to 10. Is that what it was, really? Yeah, something like that. That's what it says here. I lost count, I lost count after the first 28 <laughs> on Friday. I just I lost count. The Jays capping off the sweep with an 8-4 win yesterday. They are now in sole possession. What's sole possession? They're in the first wild card What's spot. What's the difference? I don't know. They're in the first wild card spot with a 53 and 43 record. Uh, 10 games over 500. Obviously, the Rays are following them at 52 and 43. And the Mariners, 51 and 45, who were cooled off by the Houston Astros. The St. Louis Cardinals are coming into town for a brief two game series tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, they will not have Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt because. Well, I presume they're still, quote-unquote, doing their own research on the uh, COVID vaccine. I just shake my head, and I move on. Uh, You're so, at the point where you just don't care anymore? Because I don't care what they say. I, I, re- it just, I, I, just, I just don't. I see their lips moving. I just don't hear what's coming out anymore. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, you're either playing on the team, and we get to talk about you, and you're one of the best third basemen, yeah, and just, you, you can do things offensively, and we love talking about you, or you're not here. Yeah, you just have Simple. to. You do have to mention it, though. I mean, it, it does appear. It does appear as if things, well, I was going to say things have broken the Blue Jays' way. We thought that was the case with Kansas City, and the Kansas City Royals put up a good fight, and the St. Louis Cardinals are still, still going to have some pretty good players with them. But, Kevin, you look at the way the Jays beat Boston, and, yeah, 28-5 is an outrageous score on Friday. But, I mean, they had, starting with that game, they had breaks galore. And then yesterday, that ball that Vladdy hits ticks off the third base bag. I, I mean, they literally had everything going for them. Oh, yeah, and by the way, by the way, no Rafael Devers, no J.D. Martinez for any of the three games. No Trevor story. I, I, that never has a sweep. And I'm not taking anything away from the Blue Jays. Well, you're trying to. I'm not. But I'm saying never has a sweep fallen into the laps of a team the way that did. I like to say you make your own luck. So, you know, the 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 swing and hit the bag that Vladdy did in the first inning, I like, I like to think I'm going to go with that. That's probably not true. But I like to go with you. you you're mechanically sound. <laughs> Look at you looking at me like that. If Vladdy was... <laughs> Flatty had it planned. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He couldn't have rolled it down there sure. any better. And that's it's, sometimes it's the way it works, right? It's it's you know you just you're you're facing a team who's going through something, and, and right now the Red yeah, Sox, are, the Red Sox, that's ah, strong. That's a bit Kevin, strong. They they're not they're not series. very good right now. The, really, no parts of their game is going well. But here's what I want to say: it that way, it's the American League East. There's teams in the American right. League East that are really good. But the thing is, you know, the Jays. Yes, they're more aggressive under John Schneider. You know, they put Without pressure on teams. But you know, aggressiveness had nothing to do with Jaron uh, Duran just pooching that fly ball. Okay, that's not his fault. I mean, if you can see it, you're going to catch it, right? Well, then, it's 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 just you, one of the well, – sometimes you lose the ball in the in, Right in the to make sun. an attempt to get it back, though. A, a lot of them – I'll give you that. A, a should have hustled after the baseball. A lot of the mistakes they made were on extremely – were on routine plays. And, and I mean, I, listen, I'm not taking, again, I'm not taking anything away from the Blue Jays. You put the ball in play. That's the idea, putting the ball in play. If a team is bad defensively, you know, you force them to make decisions, force them a, to make moves. They, they had a bad weekend, I give you that. It's But again, you, when you're a, a team trying to go where the Blue Jays want to go and you're running into a team who don't have all their weapons and are Did, not playing their best game, 
Did you beat him? Did this sweep tell us more about the Blue Jays or more about the Red Sox? Well, you're just coming out swinging. No, I'm just asking. The Red Sox, because I'm going to say this. The Red Sox, obviously, we listed the players the Red Sox didn't have. I'm going to say this. I, I, I think the, the wild card will come down to the last couple of weeks of the season. I think that's what this will tell us. What, okay. I, this is what I think. Yeah, what's it going to tell you about the Red Sox? The Red Sox have been up and down all year. And if it does matter, if it does matter, the Jays now have the, uh, the tiebreaker. Sure it does. They've clinched the tiebreaker it always over matters. the Red Sox. It always matters. If that comes into play. Well, the Blue Jays are a better team than the Red Sox. Now, when the big three are in their lineup, they're a little tougher to pitch to. I know they've they've handled Devers and J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts pretty well this year. They've they've made pitches when they've had to make them against them. But what, what would that tell us? I, I, look, I, I think for me, whenever the Blue Jays players that are supposed to be hitting are hitting and their starting rotation's Good and throwing strike one and being efficient with two strikes and being unpredictable, they're they're a good team. That's what I that's what I think that 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 tells us. And you know the Blue Jays for me just haven't been clicking on all cylinders all year. They just haven't. And and can they start now with a lot of confidence? And it just seems like John Snyder's the right manager at the right time. I was going to the reason I asked whether or not it tells us more about the Jays or the Red Sox. I think it tells us a little more about the Jays. For this reason, as good as they were in this three-game series, it's hard to make the case that Vladdy and Bo are doing Vladdy and Bo things. Now, Vladdy had a great approach the first game. You talked about mm-hmm. it. You sent me the text right away and said somebody's talked to Vladdy. Mm-hmm. Bo is still chasing, still expanding. Vladdy, game two and game three, we we saw more. He of didn't listen to the person that talked to him in game one. But somehow he got what he got four hits yesterday. He did, or whatever, he, whatever. He can hit. But the, but but my point was, I think we learned a little something about the Jays out of this series, and that is there is there's a there's length to that lineup. Um, you know, I've. We haven't talked enough, I don't think, about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. The only time it seems we talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is when we're including him in a trade package for somebody. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has been terrific now for the better part of six weeks. Matt Chapman looks like a different guy, and I want to talk to you in a minute about Matt Chapman because you noticed something about him. Rymal Tapia, look, we've we've taken grief. We Both of us like Rymal Tapia. Both of us understood when the deal was made what the Jays were thinking I admit that this isn't exactly the Rymal Tapia I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get the guy more like the guy we saw in Colorado. This guy is chasing, but he's making hard contact. Uh, and, and Danny Jansen's doing Danny Jansen things. This is this three-game series, maybe more than anything else, showed me just the length of this lineup. And yes, I understand they weren't facing... You know, they weren't facing the best pitching in the world, but they were facing Nate Uvalde mm-hmm. in, in that first game. And that's kind of my takeaway here is they, they swept the Red Sox in a series where I don't think we can say Vlad or Bo were the best players in either one of those three games in any of them. I don't think, yeah, I, I guess you could say that. The the people that give us grief over Rymel Tapia, what, what do they expect a fourth outfielder supposed to look like? Like they're supposed to fill in and be able to hit a heater, but that's, that's what he does. He's supposed to look like a good umpire. 
Whenever he's in the game, you're not supposed to be able to miss a beat. He was going to catch the balls he's supposed to catch. He'll throw it to the cutoff guy. Hitting he the runs odd. the bases the inside way he's supposed the, to run Inside them. the park grand slam doesn't hurt either. That, that doesn't help either. Hitting the ball the other way, being able to hit a fastball, and he's got happy feet at the plate, which is kind of nice, right? He's got that... That load thing where he's playing around with his feet and then he lifts his leg. He's got a good foundation. He self-corrects quickly. Uh, he knows when he sort of the same thing about self-correcting is when you take a bad swing, you swing at a bad pitch, you know right away why you did it. That's a big deal at the big league level, especially when you don't play every single day. And for him to be able to, you know, have the day he had, have a day off and come back and have another day exactly the way he had the day before that he, before he had the day off, that's, that's, that's pretty good stuff. I'm with you. It's, you know, the role players are doing things that they're supposed to be doing, if that's what you want to call them. Matt Chapman's starting to catch up offensively, which is a big deal. He's going to have to do some things. You know, he don't have to hit 250, but if he can hit 230, drive in some big runs, stay in the big part of the field, add length to his swing, have a good foundation, use his back leg, which is not what he's been doing a lot of <clears throat> all year because he doesn't have a trigger. Guys with no triggers leak. Leak means you lead with your front hip. When you lead with your front hip, what's your barrel do? It drags. It drops below your hands. You play catch-up. When you do make contact, you hit it straight up straight up in the air. You pop out to the second baseman, the shortstop, to the catcher. That's what he was doing early. Now he's not doing so much of that because he's using his back leg more. You can see the foundation, that little bit of I get the separation because I'm trusting what I'm doing with my lower half to be able to, when my front foot lands, I have a little of that Rubber band theory were that separation between your hands and your front foot, and the only way you can do that without a trigger is to be good with the weight on the inside of your back knee. He's starting to do that now. That's why you're seeing him have the approach of, I need to hit velocity, and because of that separation, I recognize spin, and I can create backspin with that ball, and you see where they go. He doesn't have to overswing to hit the ball out of the yard. You've noticed that? Mm -hmm. It's a nice, easy little, because if I use my lower half, and I can get that little separation, and I can do it because I'm trusting that I know how to hit velocity, and then I can see spin, and because he's got somewhat of a level swing. He's he's a, he's he's starting to catch up. He's doing things. He's got a lot of confidence, too. You can see that, which is half the battle. He's hitting homers. He's hitting doubles. It's a big he's, deal. He's going to have to do some things with runners in scoring position. Again, he doesn't have to hit 250. Right. But he's got to get a big hit when the J Jays need a guy to get a big hit when Vladdy's not doing it and Bo's not doing it. And, you know, this is, that's what you said. You said a, a, a balanced lineup guys that are doing it one through nine, they're, they're staying within themselves. And, and quite frankly, got a manager now who's very aggressive. He's not going to mess around. You know, it's almost like he's playing with house money here. Okay. I don't know if I'm, this is him. I don't know if I'm going to be the manager after this year. Why take any chances? Here it is. We're going to go out there and try and beat you. If I have to put on a hit and run, if I have to put runners in motion, if I have to give the steal sign, if I have to give just about, let people do their thing. How about a safety squeeze with your number nine hitter? There you go. With 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 runners on first and third. I, I didn't see an explanation I'm, I, for it. Well, you don't need one. He saw the same thing you were seeing. Bad defense. Put pressure on them. Maybe they'll chuck a ball down the line. You get Second and third, you have a run scored, and now you're talking with the top of the order coming up. It's just little things like that. And, you know, you you sort of sometimes you have to take it out of the hitter's and the player's mind where you just put the play on. Yeah. Don't, don't let them think about it. Don't let them think about it. Well, this should be a good time to do it. No, that's why you have managers thinking ahead of time and doing the little things to put your team and your your players in the best positions to succeed. 
And right now, that's what they're doing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that 28-5 game on Friday. The Jays set franchise records for hits and runs. They were the sixth team since 1901 to score at least 28 runs in a game. They had a run. This is my favorite stat. They had a run differential of plus 23 coming into the game. It was plus 47 when it was done. That's awfully hard to do. Uh, they had an 11-run fifth inning. Six singles and two doubles. Didn't homer during that 11-run fifth inning. There were a lot of really good, a lot of really good approaches. There was. against And, and at the start, against Nate Uvalde, who was not, not very good. Mm-hmm. But and then of course once you get into the bullpen it's a, it's a different thing and of course once you've got if you got twenty five runs by the end of the fifth inning I mean there's not really any point in talking about anything that happens offensively after that but um, we know that John Schneider had a meeting before the before the game must have been a hell of a message maybe maybe the, the, the couple of things you could take away from that so, well one is when, when September rolls around, October rolls around. Are you okay with Alejandro Kirk hitting third? That that would be the one thing. Because the only reason I say that we all know he's having a really good year and he, he can do things. He can hit the ball the other way. He can hit velocity. He's good at laying off the breaking ball, strike the ball. Like, he does some things. But let's be honest. It takes three hits to score him from first. Like, if you hit three singles, mm-hmm. is can you have him hitting third when it comes to playoff time? That that would be one of the little things that. That's take why away. I liked. I I really liked Guriel in the, into too. the third spot yesterday. I do too. But is Lord is capable of staying within himself hitting third? We've seen him try and hit cleanup and go outside the box. Mm-hmm. Do you really want him doing that? Like where he normally hits sixth, seventh down down in the order. They got no worry. Just go up and be yourself. You know, land with a close front side. Keep your front shoulder in. Add length to your swing. Keep your hands close to your body because you have bat-to-ball skills and you can use the entire field and you have the mindset, I'm thinking right center. Ball's going to go where you want it to go. Now you're hitting third. Uh-oh. Like, now the mindset changes. Now you're the best hitter on the team. I'm not saying he's that. But when you're hitting third, you're thinking it. You're thinking that's why most guys that hit third – that's a big deal. Now your mindset all of a sudden starts to change. You go outside the box. You overswing. You chase a little bit more because you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? So that's one of them, right? It's that that's sort of kind of what you what you're feeling there, and the and the just the process of of can you how do you keep the the bottom of the lineup continually going the way it's going and giving the guys days off when they have to give them off. And and the role players, Kevin Biggio, looks like he's turned the corner and simplified his mechanics at the plate, right? There's no more leg kick. The reason why you have no more leg kick is if you're not an everyday player, I said this, you got to be able to hit the fastball. You got to be able to hit velocity. And having a leg kick, timing-wise, getting it down on time, down and through it, those are hard things to do. So having a manager that sort of understands his team and, and can give certain guys days off just to fill the room. That's a big thing going forward, too. I know there's some small things, but it could turn into bigger things just to, just to you know, have this team going where, where it wants to go. A reminder, we will have tickets to give away for the July 31st game against the Detroit Tigers later on in the show. Dan Schulman, Blue Jays play-by-play announcer in Sportsnet, joins us uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, as does Ryan Dempster, host of Off the Mound, and, uh, of course, a 2013 World Series champion. And uh, by the way, I'm sure you've probably heard by now. Uh, I hope you've heard by now. But And we'll certainly talk to Dan about this. But uh, all indications are, well, no, not all indications are, Buck Martinez will be in the booth uh, tomorrow 
for tomorrow's game, which will be a boy, a welcome return. And uh, already that's a pretty good trade deadline acquisition as far as I am concerned. When you score 40 runs in a three-game series, 28 in one game, the focus is going to be on the offense, clearly. What about the starting pitching in this, these three games? Well, let's, let's, let's start with Ross Stripling. We're both in agreement. We like when John Schneider took him out, 62 pitches. You've got a – your bullpen appears to have a little bit of order restored to it. You've got an off day. It's – God awful hot out there. I I had no problem with him taking stripling off, stripling out when he did. You know, I think he said he, he had thirteen to seventeen first pitch strikes, but um, it, it wasn't smooth sailing for Ross Stripling. It wasn't. It gets back to that aggressive. Which is not a, not a not a bad thing. Gets back he, to that it was Ross Stripling. Gets back to that aggressive thing. It had, for me, it had nothing to do with the heat. Absolutely nothing. It had to do with you're looking at your pitcher and you notice the velocity's down. You've noticed that he doesn't have his slider. You notice that the location on, on his changeup and his arm speed on his changeup, not very good. Third time through, no matter what team he's facing, hasn't been great against mm-hmm. that a mm-hmm. lot of the times. Your bullpen is well-rested. You got a day off. That again, and you've got a team that you're facing on the road who hasn't been good. They're in their head. You can see it. Yeah. Like you, they're, It's churning. Like They don't want the ball hit to them. So you take advantage of that. You, you'd rather take him out too soon than too late. And that's... That's the manager's job is to walk out there, don't ask the question. Just go out there and get the ball, get somebody loose, whoever that is. Hand the ball over, and it's all about winning now. It's not about getting guys wins. It's not about getting them deeper in games. It's about the situation, and you're trying to win that day's game. Now, there's big pitcher. Big pitcher is you got a day off, so you can use your bullpen now. You need a guy to come out and maybe give you a couple innings, which is exactly what they had. Trevor Richards did that. Trevor Richards hasn't been great. You know, when he's somewhat locating, he's going to get people out. When he's not, mm-hmm. it's sort of going to look like it looked yesterday. So, I, it's just, again, it's it's the way John Snyder has started his managerial career. How can you argue? Like, it's it's been exactly the way it's supposed to be. And, uh, Alec Manoa, look, Alec Manoa did Alec Manoa things except running off the field and yelling and screaming at the opposing team. I I don't like that. I'm sure Pete Walker didn't like that. I know John Snyder didn't like that. You can tell the conversation. You want a guy to be himself. You want him to be fired up and have confidence. But when you start fish-eyeing the other team in the other dugout and not doing it to your squad, that's sort of a different thing. And, again, Alex, not a he is not a finished product. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen the rubbing of the ball and staring at the – he's made that adjustment. That's yeah. not how you do it at this level. That's not going to work. That's going to draw attention to yourself that you don't need. Well, this is one of those things, too. Now, I understand it was hot. Didn't have his best sinker. He stumbled during that. He that. stumbled. Like, there was things in that just, you know, and he's a big man. It's hot out there, right? He's trying to figure it out, and he's he's grinding. He got pissy. Yo, know, did. I didn't want to say it. I'll let oh, you he got say pissy. it. I, exactly I, don't mean, what, but okay. I don't mean nothing about it. He did. Do, I it to your, do it towards your team. Do it towards your dugout. And, you know, it's again, it's his learning experience. He's a really good pitcher. And then he's it, they're, the Blue Jays are going to go probably as far as he's going to take them. They need him down the stretch. And and that'll be an interesting thing, too. He's a big man, right? It's, uh, the velocity was really good. Location, it was okay. But he's got the invisible. That, that fastball plays for whatever reason, right? He can throw it in a fastball count to a fastball hitter, and they just are three days late on it. And it didn't have to be 
you know, real good located. That's a, that's the benefit to him. That's only going to go forward September, hopefully into October. But it's just that it's a, you know, that's not a great look. Just do that towards your team. And again, I, I, this gets back to Snyder. He saw that. Pete yeah. Walker saw that. They handled it. They handled it the right way. See, it was, you know, it was done in a manner that it's me and you doing it. It's the manager and you doing it, and it's nobody else. And what I what Go I do your thing. What I also liked about it is, um, it was done. If if you remember Mark Burley talking to uh, Marcus Stroman after an incident with with the Orioles, it was done in the dugout so the opposing team could see it. So the opposing teams looking over there, they've seen John Schneider with his arm around Manoa. And that instantly diffuses any any possibility of a carryover, because mm-hmm. you know the Red Sox would be chap. You get your ass handed to you. Well, they're in. They're, and, they're between their ears, and you right. just you don't want to rock that boat. And but I, I I think that was that was important too. That it was done so that everybody everybody could see it. Mm-hmm. And um and and look, you know, whenever this happens, everybody says, "Well, I don't want to take the natural aggression away." The way Alec Manoa is wired, you're, he, he's not going to be any less aggressive the next time no. he goes out there. But he has shown, you're right, we do need to be reminded he's not the finished product. And no. one thing about this kid, he does, he's got a little bit of old school in him, and he understands there are things you don't do. And I don't think we'll see that he's again quick learner. He's a quick learner. He, he gets it. He gets big picture. He gets what he means to that team. He gets that drawing uh, unwanted attention to yourself. It's not the best thing all the time at the big league level. Occasionally, you got to stand there and draw a line in the sand, but there's times for it. And you got a team on the ropes. You can, you know, you could step on their neck, which is exactly what they did. But it's just it was handled all in the right way. Yep. You know, I, I'm with you. It'll probably never happen again. And you move on. You 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 go about your business, and that's exactly what he does. Uh, he's he's got. How you wouldn't want to watch Alec Manoa, even if you're not a Blue Jays fan. Like, he's just – the eyes are want to be drawn to him. And that's very hard for a pitcher to get. I mean, you got to do things. It's not like he throws 105 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mainly 94. I mean, like, he's – the fastball's been a little bit better the last couple of starts. I mean, that four-seamer's 96. But I think that's on purpose. Right, the the, the for, what, for whatever reason the four seamer's been getting hit around. That's why he's went to the two seamer. You know, he's trying to go deeper in games, getting weaker contact earlier in counts. That's why he's went to the two seamer. So he's learning in that way. The slider hasn't always been great. The movement, the late movement on it, the location of it, being able to throw it for strikes. So he's all the things that go into being an elite guy. He's learning on the fly. And oh, by the way, he's never pitched this many innings before at the big league level, and he's never been in a pennant race like this. Mm-hmm. All those things are, that's the mental grind of being the man. Can we say he's the man for the Blue Jays when it comes to the rotation? Right now he is, yeah. So he's learning all these things on the fly, and it's, it's just it's kind of cool. And Another guy I want to shout out, by the way, too, is uh, Jimmy Garcia, who, um, again, this was not the strongest Red Sox lineup mm-hmm. you're going to see. But uh, 95 up in the zone to, against Bogarts. He had 96 yesterday. Uh, he had a couple of called strikeouts. I think we all understand that we hope that by the August, the passing of the August 2nd trade deadline, this bullpen is going to look vastly different. Well, you hope so. It, it, <laughs> it better. But I still think, Kevin, that when that's done, 
there's still going to be a responsible role for Jimmy Garcia there. Now, it may, it may not be may not be the eighth inning. Well, maybe a little earlier, but there is you can you can see him being a useful part of this bullpen no going question. forward. No, no, no question. I, for me, anyway, he's realized down and away is pretty good pitch. You mm-hmm. if you can go down and away with two pitches. Don't, don't try and reinvent the wheel and give you five or six different pitches because it's very hard to maintain that. It's very hard to be able to, you know, have the feel of two different breaking balls, a sinker, a cutter, a four-seamer. Be a couple of pitch guy. Get ahead with maybe a secondary pitch, and then you can go down and away with the hater, up and in with the hater, elevate to a lefty with a hater. Then you all of a sudden now your velocities went up, the location of your secondary pitches are better, you have more confidence on the mound, your rhythm and timing's better. I'm with you. I'd rather have him in the seventh inning. Perfect world. Mm-hmm. Perfect Agreed. world. That that's where you're getting him. Maybe not getting the other team's best hitters all the time. I sort of that's you know sprinkle in occasionally the bottom of the order. But man, if you could have him in the seventh, have maybe Jordan Romano in the eighth or the ninth inning, depending on who you bring in here. And all of a sudden, maybe if you get some more high high octane and stop trying to spin it all the time. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking because now if your lineup can get going and has the confidence that they've had where the the quality of the at-bat goes up, that's that's what one through now, nine all of a sudden, they're tough outs. Mm-hmm. And when you're tough outs and you have you have the talent that this lineup has, and now all of a sudden you're, you're having to get them out with multiple pitches instead of a slider away and a fastball away, that's 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 a pretty good combo. And and you know, Jose Barrios has turned the corner. Alec Manoa is going to do his thing. Kevin Gosman, you know that that's Ross Stripling. It's it's rounding into form here. I think the way if you're if you're the GM, you make some adjustments just to where it it bleeds confidence to where we have your back and it's quality stuff. Yeah. Right. Dan Shulman, Ryan Dempster, there all ahead. And when we come back today, we will. Uh... Take a look, take our regular Monday look around the AL East. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Alish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Toronto Blue Jays have today off. They will open a two-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow at the Rogers Center. Then the Detroit Tigers are in for four games, so we'll get a chance to see Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera back-to-back, which will be kind of neat. It'll be fun seeing uh, seeing the interaction between Pujols and, and, and Vladdy Jr. Um... And hopefully there'll be uh, hopefully there'll be a little something uh, something. Hopefully the Jays have arranged a little something for Blue Holes. It'll be nice. I'm sure they will. It'll be nice. Uh, the Jays, of course, sweeping the Boston Red Sox, um, and kind of an interesting weekend in general in the American League East, um, which means it's a good time to go to our weekly feature. Which in the East. Surprisingly, it's called In the East. I just like that. 
We got you. We, 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 have, we have a job for you to do. Can you just say in the East? Sure. In the East. Okay, thank you. I'll send the bill. It is our weekly look at the American League East. And, well, let's start in Boston. And so, Alex Cora, uh, about your Red Sox. We just got to play better. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, like the training deadline, whatever. We're playing 500 baseball. We're back to neutral, you know. We're back to where we were August 8th, uh, April 8th, right? So we, I mean, the brand of baseball we're playing is awful. You know, we're not catching the ball. We're not putting good at bats. We're not throwing strikes. It's bad, you know. It's, it's really bad right now. But we're talented, and, you know, we can turn around quick. And it starts tomorrow. we got to show up tomorrow. We have to show up tomorrow and play good baseball. It starts with Nick on the mound, good at bats, uh, Grind at bats, run the bases well, play good defense. I think defensively, we 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 have to take a step back, you know, the last 14 days. And uh, we were really good defensively early on. Like I said, you know, yeah, we got moving parts, and but you got to slow it down. You know, catch the ball, throw to the right base. You know, uh, don't don't panic out there. And uh, it seems like right now the, the the game speeds up at one point in the game, and it looks horrible. Yeah, well, that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say he didn't necessarily throw his team under the bus. I think he, he called it exactly exactly as 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 we all saw it. Absolutely. The only question this would have, you'd have to ask yourself, does this force the front office's hand to have to trade Xander Bogart? Quite, no question, right? The way they're playing, does it make any sense to try and keep him, re-sign him, or would this be a good excuse to not do that Reboot, whatever the word is you want to use. I don't know. Just listening to him talk, there sounds like the you know the conversations behind the scenes and what they're seeing is is just getting Devers and JD Martinez back. Is that good enough? How about uh, how, how would you like to have been on the, the the private jet to Cooperstown for David Ortiz's Hall of Fame in, induction with John Henry, the Red Sox owner? And Kyle Bloom, the general manager. I would like to be in that. I'd like to be in that. I think they were look. look they they were on their 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 devices, their their iPhones. As the as David Ortiz was making people. this speech, looking at it and going, "Oh, they're Jesus. smart people." You think you think this is a surprise? Like they've been up and down all year. You know, the consistency of of just the entire game that the Red Sox have played hasn't been great. Yeah. No, that that's they've they've been a been a very been a very sure. streaky team. Uh, the Blue Jays, well, look, the Blue Jays didn't only take the brooms to the Red Sox at Fenway. Let's face it, they just kind of smashed them over the head with it, with the brooms, repeatedly. And uh, now the Red Sox are, as Alex Cora said, at 500. They have games this week against the Cleveland Guardians and the Milwaukee Brewers. Not easy. You stretch of the imagination. The Yankees, meanwhile, they took two of three from the Baltimore Orioles ahead of this week's Subway Series, and it means interleague action against their crosstown rivals, the Mets. And, you know, while I guess some teams in L.A. and Houston and Atlanta and, I don't know, maybe even Toronto might have something to say about it, it's not inconceivable. It's not inconceivable that these teams would meet in the World Series. Now, Aaron Judge wouldn't go that far yesterday after hitting his 37th homer in a 6 nothing win, but he does know that the upcoming Subway Series will be something special. 
Uh, just the fans getting into it. It's always a packed playoff atmosphere. Um, always back and forth. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and just a competition. You know, they got a great pitching staff, great offense over there. You know, so do we. So, you know, looking forward to see what happens. Do you think it's going to be a little different this year? because of how well you guys are playing and the Mets are playing? Well, it's always good for the city when both, you know, New York teams are, you know, doing their thing, you know. So, um, no, this is going to be a fun one, like I said. You know, they got a great team over there and, you know, looking forward to, you know, battling out the next few days. Question for you, is it good for baseball when both New York teams are good? Absolutely. I, and I, and I also, back to the Yankees, I, I, I said, do you think they peaked too early? Well, it doesn't hurt to have... Aaron Judge on your team. The, the things he does to baseballs. We talk. We talk about that unicorn in L.A. When you're six seven plus, that's a unicorn. Like your eyes are so far away from the strike zone. To be able to cover what he covers in the strike zone and be able to make adjustments the way he does on the fly and just as smooth, not over swing. You think a big man like that, Jeff, would just want to take Big Daddy Hack after Big Daddy Hack. Mm-mm. It's like a little raise of the front foot, get it down, and just get it in the zone. And because he has so much leverage and so much rotation with his hips, baseballs go where they go. It'd be interesting to see how, the at the end of the year, how the Yankees handle him. Yeah, uh, without question. I mean, the uh, and the Yankees, I mean, look, they're, they're – a team to watch at the trade deadline despite their 12-and-a-half game lead over the Blue Jays. That bullpen, we've talked about how that was a strength all season long. Well, it's starting to look a little threadbare now, and it took what might be a body blow this week when Michael King fractured his elbow. Michael King has been awfully, awfully good for them. And, well, they called up Clark Schmidt from the minors, and uh, Clark Schmidt yesterday gave Aaron Boone three shutout innings, and... He knows that regardless of what general manager Brian Cashman does, at least some of the answers are going to have to come from from inside the Yankees clubhouse. Obviously, I feel so much for King. I mean, I think it's he's such a good person and a good player, and um, it's a big loss for us. Um, but I think um, so many people got to step up, you know, and, and kind of help carry the weight. So um, I feel like a little bit of that falls on my shoulders, and so to be able to go out there and put some outs up. And, um, you know, I feel like I can, I'll be in a, a lot of different roles. I think that's what's been kind of said. And so, um, you know, it's, I'm excited just to get out there and be able to put up zeros. And like, when you have an opportunity like this, you can't really let it slip away from your hands. And so, um, I feel, I feel better than I've ever felt as far as like health and stuff. And so I think it's just continuing to go out there and execute and, and get guys out and I'll make the most of my opportunities. Yeah. I mean, the, the Yankees have really done well this year with Clay Holmes. Uh, I mean, they found guys who have been really Surprises. good out of the bullpen. Surprise. I don't know. Clark Schmidt's a guy that's been, been up and down, but it's, yeah, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you know that you're looking for power arms at the back end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The big bad Yankees are looking for power arms. I'd be interested to see Luis too. Castillo for the Reds. That, that, who do you think has a better chance, I Dodgers think, or Yankees? I think the Yan- he makes more sense. To me, he makes more sense for the Yankees because I think the Yankees are a team that needs, I shouldn't say needs necessarily needs an upgrade in terms of their starting pitching. But I think they could certainly use a guy that helps them not just this year, if, but next if year. If you're as a cashman, well. you got to ask yourself, what gives you a better chance of beating the Astros? After you've seen the Astros come in there and mm-hmm. do some things to mm-hmm. your team, would it be the starting pitcher or would it be are from you, about the fifth inning on yeah. having shut down arms? It's a big question mark. Yeah, are you good enough to beat the Astros with the rotation the way it is now? 
Do you trust Nestor Cortez? There's no the question, answer? no. The answer to that's no. So you, you. you have to ask yourself, what what do you want to do? Is it go out and get a couple of more arms in the bullpen or get one big-time arm in the rotation? Uh, we've talked about the, the Tampa Bay Rays on and off this year and how they're kind of they're an, they're a really unraised like team. I mean they 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 don't necessarily play the cleanest brand of baseball. They're kind of the little engine that could stuff is sort of well, it's, it's it's sort of disappeared in some ways. And, and they lost a series to the Kansas City Royals this weekend. This after they were swept by the Reds before the All-Star break and you've heard players players like Yandy Diaz have started to talk publicly about whether or not the Rays have an issue playing down some of their competition, which is, you know, the most unraised like thing, right? Um, but recent trends certainly be concerning. Uh, Kevin Cash, the manager, wasn't having any of that talk, though, yesterday. I don't know what the players said. <laughs> I expect to win every series. Uh, simple as that. The Royals played well. We're a good team. We, we, we should find ways to win series. The Rays have the Orioles up next. But it is, it, it is kind of... It is kind of perplexing because the Rays, it's almost as if, Kevin, they've had a difficult time getting any traction. You yeah, know, they're, well, still, they're, they're, well, they're, you, still, they're still there. I well, mean, they're you, clearly they're in the sure picture, that, but, but it's not, there's not the same feel to that team as we've seen well, yeah, When you've past. had as many injuries as they've had from key pieces out of the bullpen, out of the rotation, I mean, it's impossible to have that much depth. Even, even the Rays don't have that much. The, the chemistry, they talk about that on good yeah. teams. Chemistry Kiermaier's is a thing. A, Kiermaier's a big well, miss for, for them. For he defense really in the is. outfield, you know, when it's the launch angle thing and you need good defense in the outfield, look how much better the Blue Jays look. Yeah. When, when you're playing and you're catching balls you're supposed to catch, how much confidence that gives that guy on the mound to make the pitch he's supposed to make because you know you have the defense behind you. This is why I said this at the beginning of the show, that, that the, the the whenever you're talking about the playoffs, it's, you can flip three or four teams, throw them against the wall. It's going to come down to the last couple of weeks of the season, and it might be the MVP of the team might be the GM. The, the, the GM that makes the right move, not the biggest move, but the right move, it's like that Atlanta GM last year sort of went, I don't want to say he went all in, but he saw something in his team that this is what they needed. Whichever GM, I think, in the American League, especially with the wild card teams, makes that right move, might be the MVP of that team. Yeah, this is. And that includes the Yankees. Really oh. does. Now that, the, now, now, that, now that it's not, for me anyway, the Yankees not the best team in the American League. It's the Astros. I know the Yankees got the best record. It's not. The, the, when, whenever you go into some team that has a better record than you and that has the season that the Yankees are having and do the things that the Astros did, you know, it's and the Astros are going to make moves too at the break. Well, like the, they, they know what they got, and they know where their manager's at, and they yeah. know how big of a deal that is. So it's it'd be interesting to see how this is handled. Yeah, the other thing is, uh, you know, the Astros – are one of those teams that they have a lot of postseason experience. They are prepared for the bright lights. That that that's the other thing with the Astros and and with the Dodgers. The booing's not the going to bother them anymore. No. no, it's it's it bothered it bothered Bregman for a while. You can tell it doesn't bother him anymore. No. Like it fuels the fire now. Altuve, he sort of passed it. You can see that. Like, but he, right? well, but he does he he. I mean, he gets he. He gets it up a little bit when they're at Yankee Stadium. Like he 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 raises he raises his game whenever they, the the boos get to him. They start booing him at Yankee Stadium. But you're right. I, I think that that 
I think that that whole thing has just kind of it's it's kind of come out in the wash. I think a lot of it we've and, talked about this. A lot of it, a lot of it comes down to Dusty Baker. It 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 really does. And I know and Verlander and Verlander. But, oh, it's but, a but, huge but a lot deal. of it comes down to Dusty Baker because everybody likes Dusty, and and it has kind of it 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 has kind of. They can Dim- diminished the the it's real the simple. Tone. It's real simple. Now they can match up against any other team's number one. Did you see what Ver- did you see Verlander 99. late in games? Ninety nine. He's, going late he's in got games? the extra gear, and he says now that he can go to it. Like I, I think before he got hurt, and you know he was feeling the the effects of getting a little older. He went through that. He said, "I tried to go to the extra gear and couldn't." And now, for whatever reason, he can do it, and that's that's a scary thought. The only thing is, how do you keep him healthy down the stretch? How important, how important is having the best record in the American League? That's the thing for me is those two things go hand in hand. Because if you don't and you got to face the Yankees, guess where you got to go? That's the question for me. But, how will it be handled? But is playing, um, is playing at Minute Maid Park, is it that much of a disadvantage for the Yankees? No, I think you can flip it on the other end. You can flip it on the other end just because of the organization for the Astros, what they went through. You know, all the spotlight is you went through it against the Yankees. You know, you took away an MVP against Aaron Judge. Like, there's a lot of things that go with that Yankees-Astros. If you have to go through it more at home then you have to go through it in Yankee Stadium, that's a big deal. That, for me, is a thing. And it gets back to Dusty Baker. How do, how do you handle that? Like, well, you know, you, you, you got to get as an organization, you got to have talks of, you know, is, is it a big deal for you to manage more in Yankee Stadium than at home? I would think it's a better deal to do it at home more. Mm. That's just me looking at both teams. But again, you got Verlander. <laughs> and, and we heard the way the rotation for the Astros talked last year. They said scared. Scared's a big word, and more than one guy said that. Now, you got Verlander, who's not, and can pitch against that other team's number one. No matter where he does it at, that's a benefit for the Astros, and they're going to be they're going to be a handful for any team. It was interesting hearing uh, Dan and Pat over the weekend talk about Alec Manoa's one of, one of the experiences Alec Manoa had at the All-Star game was being able to set up a bit of a relationship with Justin now they Verlander. Te- they're text buddies. And now. we know, of course, that the Jays... According to Justin Verlander, the Jays came pretty close to successfully attempting to sign him oh. uh, in, in the offseason. When you look at Verlander and you look at Manoa, and, and Manoa's not going to throw as hard as Verlander or doesn't throw as hard as Verlander right now, and this is why I'm getting to this. Is Alec Manoa the type of guy you think, as he gets older, will be able to go 98 99 like do you, do you think that there's still some untapped you're shaking your head i don't think some, he has un, to, some untapped i don't think he has to, for, for whatever reason i've never stood in the batter's box against him so i have no idea what the right. answer to this is but for some reason his his fastball that's 95 plays 98 99 it's got an extra gear to it whether it's late life whether it's deception whether it's just for whatever reason they have a tough time of getting the head out on it and I think that, for me, allows him to to not have to throw the highest velocity that all these other guys. I will say this. He needs to change up. That, that's the one thing. You want to be elite 
Now he's getting there now, just with everything that that can go into being what he's going through and, but wasn't and he the talking about, he wasn't he does, he talking it's, it's about fiddling around with this with this with this some sort of he splitter has, or something? He has. It's just not there. I mean, you can tell. It's just, I mean, it's gotten better. But I'm saying big moment, big game. I'll say I'll throw game seven of World Series. What percentage? That's it. Throw what percentage it in there. do you think you need to see I, I him throw a change I think you just have to up. put it in the hitter's mind. He'll throw it anytime. Okay. Anytime. So you don't Forget have... about the percentage. All right. Just I have to, when I'm walking to the plate in a big moment and I'm a really good hitter, now I'm thinking about, uh-oh, the two-seamer. Uh-oh, the elevated four-seamer. Uh-oh, the slider that we all know he's got. Uh-oh, the arm speed, the mile per hour on the changeup. It's He's put it in their mind. They don't have it in their mind. And that's, uh, I think for me, that would eliminate him having to throw 98. Because I'm not even sure he can. And I don't think he has to. Why would he? If you don't have to, why would you? But I think it'd be easier for him to either find a grip you know, take a little off the changeup. Can it be 84, 85 instead of 86, 87? Because now all of a sudden you're talking about the 94, 95 that it consistently sits at, the 93 two-seamer that has tons of movement, and now you're adding a 94, 95 changeup with arm speed? Because now you can tell they got to cheat a little to get the heater, and you add that, that will eliminate location, just the mile per hour. So for me, that's more important than the extra little uptick in velocity, but I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty good now. Like it's, yeah. you know, I used to be a guy that has to, that thought he had to have a windup. <laughs> I don't, that again, I don't think he can have a windup. He's, he's too big of a man. Like you can tell even with the, with the leg kick and the abbreviated thing that he does now, sometimes, you know, this, just because of how big he is, parts don't want to go where they, where he wants them to go. So he's simplified. He can repeat it over and over again. You know, he releases it in the same spot all the time. Uh, one of the things we did see John Schneider do this weekend, again, this I think gets to his aggressiveness in some ways. We saw Jordan Romano get a four-out save on Saturday. And, and you know, look, I like my closers to be able to do that every now and then, the way the game is now. There's a reason why he's not been doing it. I was going to ask you that. Okay. I mean, do we really know what the reason is? I don't think we really do. But if they, if, if they could do it with him, they'd be doing it already. You wouldn't rather throw Jordan Romano than Trevor Richards. No offense to Trevor. Right. Even Adam Simber. You love him. I like him. But a lot of the time, he relies on trickery. Occasionally, you got to say, hey, dude, it's coming. If a guy, you got a guy that can say it's coming, you wouldn't want to use him. So I just think, you know, whatever reason, whether it's mechanics, he's tipping pitch. The tipping pitch is an excuse. These guys have been around too long, but they're in the big leagues. I mean, he's closing games. Like that's a that's a that's an easy fix. It's look at Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling's a starter who reinvented himself from one start to the other. Right. I mean, I know he's a smart dude, and he's smarter than most people. But come on, I mean, you're a closer who does who throws a bazillion miles an hour. So I this is just me. I'm sure it was a little something like that. But there's a reason why they're not doing it that way. They're trying to get the most out of him. And that's just what I said. This is up to uh, Ross Atkins has got to go out and do some things. And it's things, not thing for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, that was, a, what was it, the second time this year he had a, uh, got four outs for the Blue Jays, I think. Let me look. Uh, yes. I mean, 
Uh, stuff looks good. He's throwing harder. Yeah. He, you know, he abuses the slider, which I don't, I'm not a fan. I think that does a hitter a favor. His 90 is hard. I mean, it plays and he elevates it and he does it crossfire action. So it's hard to pick up. It gets on you in a hurry and it's 98. Throw that more instead of flipping 90 that don't break all the time. I appreciate that. If I'm hitting off him, you throw me up all day. I can get the head out on that. So I wish he wouldn't do that, but there's a reason why he's doing that too. So yeah. Just, I mean, for the most part, he's getting the job done. You hope he can continue to do that as long as they are playing baseball. Yeah, that is the, uh, you know, you don't like to take anything away from from what Jordan Romano has done. It's a nope. great story. And it is. It, and, you know, I mean, he went to the All-Star game. But I don't know. I don't know if I have full confidence in him closing a playoff game for me. Well, the, I, question, I really is, the question is, is the schedule for the playoffs when they have to play as much as they have to play in a short period of time, how much can you actually use it? Yeah. It, will he be a weapon? That's the thing. And that, for me, is why Ross has to go out and do multiple things. Because they're a playoff team, Jeff. They, they have a good team. They just need to fill in the blanks in some areas. We have a pair of tickets to give away to see the Jays and Detroit Tigers on the 31st. We will do so with our trivia right out of the gate of the 11 o'clock hour. Dan Schulman, Blue Jays play-by-play voice, joins us as well. Ryan Dempster, host of Off the Mound, 2013 World Series champion, will join us. Let's see if he can shed any insight. You'll notice we haven't spent a lot of time talking about trading for Juan Soto or Shohei Otani. It's amazing what happens when you have honest-to-God baseball games to talk about, isn't it? It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network. Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.